Welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm John. Today is August 7th. This is episode 18, and we have a bunch of news to go over today. This could be one of the biggest episodes we've had. Yeah, and I'm so excited to dive into it. Um, (laughs) Looks like the first thing that we got is we're going to be talking about a couple of movies. Number one, uh, we just got news that Rogue One, there's going to be a new Rogue One trailer on Thursday. Now, this is probably going to be the leaked uh, footage from San Diego Comic-Con. That trailer looked awesome, and like I said on the last episode, I can't wait to see this in HD properly. So you think this will just, what we all seen grainy cell phone footage of, fully released, right? Yeah, and I'm happy to watch it 30 more times. So. Oh, yeah, it'll be awesome. And it uh, looks like you have, uh, coming up, we're going to do a spoiler-free review of Suicide Squad. One yeah. of us did see it, and it was not me. It was me. I'm going to do my best to be very upright. I, w- I don't want you to get the wrong idea about this film, about the way I feel about it. Yep. And as tradition, you know, uh, with anybody that's listened to us multiple times, uh, at the end of the show... We will uh, probably, uh, I'll go more in depth with a more spoiler-filled take on it. So with that said, I'll jump right into, this will do my best to not have anything to spoil the movie. Uh, Rick, you, I haven't even spoke to you about my thoughts and views on this film. No, I'm coming into this so, fresh. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to keep this uh, spoiler-free. I highly anticipated seeing this film. I know you had as well. So I went into this optimistically i mean i knew already before i went in i seen it on saturday so of course two or three days of 33 percent rotten tomatoes was stuck in my head but i went in i wanted to see what it was about so this i can say honestly i walked out of the theater satisfied let me say that first wow okay i'll say that i walked out of the theater satisfied i had fun watching it it was entertaining to see those characters there were good characters on the screen the stuff around them as in the story of the movie not so much this was some of the poorest editing i've ever seen in a film oh wow it was quite terrible there were scenes in it that did not need to be there flashbacks i liked all the characters but only two of them fully get flushed out There is seriously a character that you meet him, he is in one other scene, and in the next scene, he's dead. I'm not saying who that is or what's happening, but I'm just letting you know that's seriously the way this movie is. At no point in time does the bad guy feel like they're of any threat. You know, uh, in most movies, the, the superheroes are trying to get somewhere before the bomb goes off. They're trying to get somewhere... Before the portal gets fully opened, you know, there, there is an end game that the superheroes or the protagonist must defeat the antagonist at some point in time. At no point in time did you feel that in this movie. There was no threat whatsoever. Yeah, that falls in line with most every review I read on it. I wanted to like it a lot more than what I did. I, I just... I understand where people are coming from, but I do not understand DC. Their their main issue, it, for my opinion, is they try to straddle the fence between they they want to keep those people that loved Christopher Nolan's Batman take, which is dark, gritty, and violent, but they also want to cash in on this Marvel crowd 
that is family friendly. Now, they have twice now tried to straddle the fence and be dark and gritty and family friendly. You cannot do it. You ask me if Suicide Squad was rated R, it would probably be a way better film. So let me ask you this. That's a lot of the same stuff I've heard about the bad parts of the movie. Now, you said you walked out satisfied. What is it that lifted this movie back up to it was worth my money? Because I I want to believe in a DC movie. Like, like I've said, I, I, a way I feel, maybe I'm just conning myself into saying this movie is better than what it is because I want it to be better than what it is. I I want this movie. I want people to be talking about the Joker. I want people to be talking about Harley Quinn and Deadshot. They were great in the movie. They did really good things with those characters. It's just that they have a bunch of other characters in that movie that they left in the they just didn't give them a story. They they never you never got that team feel like you did in the Avengers. You never had the 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 ability to tag on different stories even the way we did in Civil War, you know? In Civil War, we got to meet new characters. We got to meet two new, brand new characters and fully fleshed out their stories while keeping the main story on track and going. They just did not do that at any point in time. Seriously, the, the intros to these characters is... 30 seconds each at the very first 20 minutes of the movie you get to meet all the characters i don't know man it, it just i want to like it so i i said it's a good movie and, and honestly i enjoyed it it falls under that same thing that i said with batman v superman if you want to see a bunch of superheroes beat each other up then you're gonna have a good time if you go into suicide squad looking for a joker movie you're gonna be disappointed if you go into Suicide Squad looking for a Batman movie, you're going to be disappointed. It is Suicide Squad, and, you know, Deadshot is awesome. Will Smith, he's a $20 million actor. He he does the best he can with the role he's given. Okay, let me ask this. With the examples, and the other reviews I've read also didn't address this, with the example of the Avengers with Civil War, you have a cohesive team that's being torn apart or has angst in, in some capacity. Now, Suicide Squad, is, of course, is not a team. This is a bunch of supervillains being forced to work together, which, by the story itself, would naturally have a lot of problems making that mesh. Now, is it part of the movie that that's a problem for all of them, or is it a problem story-wise they did not succeed in telling correctly? I, I believe they didn't succeed in telling the story correctly. Okay. Um, the, the, the actors do a great job. There's, there's chemistry there with all the characters. Okay. I mean, I, I felt that, seriously, halfway through the film, you're like, they're a team. They, they got each other's backs. They really have an us-versus-them mentality. You know, when it comes to them and Flag. So, they they don't have a problem being a team. They just don't have a story. Okay, well, that, that sounds good enough for the uh, non-spoiler stuff. And we'll, we'll dive deep into it uh, at the end of the episode. So, you can we'll give a point at which you can tune out for that. And, 
that being said, that's my opinion, and it seems to be doing great in the box office, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, ha- we have that story coming up. We can just go ahead and roll into that before we get to our next topic. Um, Suicide right. Squad opened to $267 million worldwide. Now, that is with a $135.1 million take at uh, the domestically, and that is pretty darn good for a movie that is not getting uh, very, very many fresh critical reviews. And that gives me a little hope. Now, like I've said before, I do not want DC to fail. I don't dislike DC. Uh, They're superhero characters. Millions of people love these characters. And millions of people love both Marvel and DC. Marvel is playing the better game at this point. Which, you know, kind of makes it look one-sided. But I want DC to succeed. I want a great... Flash movie. I want a great Aquaman movie. Uh, I want DC to succeed. I want these movies to be seen by my children. I'm with you on that, totally. And the only reason we keep using Marvel as a reference is because they do so good. And it it does feel like we're always sticking up for Marvel and always putting down DC. I love Batman and Superman. They were two of my favorites growing up. Uh, Even pre-comic book days, Batman and Superman were awesome in my book. Growing up, I had the pajamas. I had all that stuff. It's not that I don't want them to succeed. It's that I want them to get it right. Right. Want- and my, Even my first love of any comic book characters and stuff like that was Super Friends. It was the entire DC pathet. Absolutely. Uh, Super Friends was incredible. I... Well, now, well, hold on. Before you, before you move on, uh, let's let's just say that the the Wonder Trends weren't incredible, uh, <laughs> or or the the first ones, the the guy and the girl with the dog that that wasn't incredible, but it was it was good Saturday morning fun. That's right. All right, with that uh, spoiler free review, I also have a mini review to come. Uh, I've been reading the new Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and I'm not gonna. No, I'm no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You say book? This isn't a book, right? Yes, it's a, it, it's a book. It, 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 it's a, it's a bound paper in a, in a hardback, so it is technically oh. a book. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's oh. family friendly, friendly, family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it it is a. It's written in screenplay format. That is correct. Okay. I don't okay. have a problem with that. It it disappears after like the first two chapters, or so it's like subtitles. After I, a while, you just don't read it. Yes, it just, it, becomes, it just it, happens. In fact, whenever I, I sat down and started reading it, I, I read it out loud to my uh, wife and child, and I was doing it in the voice of uh, President Barack Obama. <laughs> I had sounds, to stop after about two minutes. Sounds awesome. You should have done it in Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I can't do Morgan Freeman. He's got oh. that... I would not insult Morgan Freeman's amazing voice by trying to do that. But I've read most of the book... And I'll give a I'll give a better review when I'm finished. But I just wanted to say, it's really good. I do want to warn you, it has some Back to the Future esque time travel in it. So if you don't really? like that, then this may be a problem for you. But I, I like it. it. It takes it's not going places that I would have thought of. Now. It does go a couple places I did think of. I'll skip that part, but I'm enjoying it, and I'll have a full review whenever I'm done with it. So that's that's all I wanted to say about that. That's cool. Now, I mean, I thought about picking it up for my wife, and she'd said she didn't want to because of the, uh, I believe, the whole screenplay style. 
So we passed on that, but I'll tell her. I'll pass on your review, and maybe she'll read it. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to loan it to a friend whenever I'm done. He's he's really interested in it. I, I told him the premise and a couple of the points in it where I'm at, and it got him interested. So it's I'm I'm enjoying it. So that's where I'll leave that. Looks like you've got some bad news because you have a phone. Because I have a Nexus Six. As of this recording, the Nexus Six seems to be working properly. But over the past three or four days, I don't know what caused it, neither does anybody else, but all the Nexus 6s around the world, most of them anyway, regardless of carrier, except in the U.S., it seems to be only T-Mobile. Outside of the U.S., it was everybody else. We lose connectivity, LTE connectivity, anytime LTE is on and the GPS is on, so... I have been without Pokemon Go for going on four days now, and the withdrawals are mighty. And really, that's it. I mean, it annoys me because I keep my location on all the time because I like to get the weather alerts and all that, and having that turned off kind of nullifies those. But I'm glad it seems to be working right now. I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood. You know, you literally uh, just knocked on wood. Well, yeah, I don't want the jinx to happen. Uh, the, the jinx doesn't know if you're recording a podcast or not. Look, I don't. I want my phone to keep working. So as of right now, it's working. If anybody else is a Nexus Six user, hit me up on Twitter and let me know how yours is working, because this has been frustrating. And after that, we need some good news. And you know what is good, Ricky? Okay, I was gonna say. Brie Larson is good because she is Brie Larson and she's kind of hot. And she tweeted a picture of herself wearing the Captain Marvel costume while reading a Captain Marvel comic. And that picture went wild. Like, I think I was looking uh, just a minute ago, it had like 242,000 retweets. That's a lot. But the best part of all of it is did you see her number one reply? No. Chadwick Boseman put on the Black Panther costume and tweeted a picture of him wearing it, reading the Black Panther costume, and he goes, me too. Yeah, I did <laughs> I, I did see that. I didn't oh, know that. That's... I didn't know they were related. Yes. I guess he tweeted that to her afterwards. That is hilarious. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this picture. It's obviously staged. Somebody's standing above her couch. It's fine. I don't care how staged it is. <laughs> Who's taking these photographs of people laying down reading? Other people. Do you really think Black Panther, maybe Black Panther, how do you know they didn't like set it up on a tripod with one of those dangly arms and put the five second timer on and then quit getting a position? Nowadays, Ricky, it's all about the selfie. All right. That's what you're failing to realize here. And anyway, that's just silliness. If y'all or active on Twitter, look it up, Brie Larson. It's a pretty cool picture. And I'm just more and more stokes me for the Captain Marvel movie. It's going to be awesome. And after we talk about Brie Larson, did you see also in the news, as of just a little bit ago, $85,000 worth of comics were stolen at the Tampa Bay Comic-Con, all from one vendor. And it was like a $20,000 Amazing Fantasy 15 and like two of them, six, 
two well yeah one twenty thousand one sixteen thousand dollar amazing fantasy 15 along with like uh amazing spider-man one hulk number one strange tales 110 that's dr strange first appearance and something else i can't remember oh i hope he has insurance right like you would have stuff like this insured don't you think yeah the article said he he had insurance on all of it but still you don't i mean do you think he'll get them back uh well the cgc has serial numbers so i mean they can they're gonna research and put those out there so if you just uh be aware if you're offered a Amazing Fantasy number 15 that's CGC graded. Of course, they could always take it out and uh, do it that way, but oh, that depreciates the value. Oh, I don't think anybody that's slimy enough to steal really cares about keeping it at peak value. They just want to sell it for whatever they can get their grubby money on and all that good jazz. Oh, I hate thieves, man. Thieves. So upsetting. All right, we have more Star Wars news. It looks like Rogue One confirmed a cameo appearance for an actor, and this one may fall on people a little iffy because I, di- I didn't I didn't see this I didn't see this so so I'm in just as much anticipation as the listener. Well, uh, in an interview, Jimmy Smith dropped to hint that he will cameo in Rogue One. So okay, I mean, so Leia's adopted father yes bell organon yeah uh jimmy spitz was talking to cbs and uh he said there would be a cameo that's pretty cool in rogue one so that that's gonna bring i mean of course the prequels are canon so i mean it's not that big a news yeah it's nice yeah they've always said the you know as much as we whatever whatever people's take on the prequels is they are canon regardless of what you like what you don't like i mean I like Jimmy Smith. I like him as an actor. He was pretty cool in uh, Sons of Anarchy. And then, as you mentioned earlier, there's also an article reporting, of course, Kevin Smith talked about The Flash, confirming that their Flashpoint wouldn't run all season long. Uh, Not big news. That was already known, but uh, that went up on the Nerdist, I believe, on the 3rd. Okay. Well, if you want to move into... uh... Some comic book reviews. I've uh, I've read a couple. What the funny thing is, is I had went to the comic book store early this week and uh, had picked them up before I even watched our friend Sean Caspian's YouTube video. And it just so happened that his picks were the exact same as my picks. So maybe, maybe we're getting on the same wavelength here. I'm I'm finally learning how to be back in the game and realize what's going to be good and what's not. This week, I picked up Kill or Be Killed, number one, by Image Comics. It's done by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I'm not really familiar with any new titles out of Image. I had been referred by one of my other friends that I, I hope listens to the podcast. Thanks for your uh, recommending Image Comics to me. They... I was a fan of them back in the day, and now I'm getting back. And Kill or Be Killed is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Very violent. Very good artwork. Uh, realistic as could be. And what it is, is appears to be a guy that is at the end of his rope. He is ready to kill himself. And before he does so... Uh, he's approached by a demon of some type, 
and decides to, rather than be killed, he is going to go on a killing spree. And this is not for the children. It is very good, very well written. The art is awesome. You should check it out if you like adult-themed, very violent comics. I liked it a lot. That's just my cup of tea, so I like that type of stuff. The other one that I picked up this week was Suicide Squad Rebirth, number one. Imagine that, DC, with your perfect timing. How did you pull that one off? <laughs> um, it It's just like you would imagine. It's, you know, your basic Amanda Waller says she needs Task Force X and you meet the Suicide Squad and I believe the ones that are introduced in this are Harley, Deadshot, Boomerang, and Killer Croc. Those are the ones that we get to see in the comic. It is very simple. There's not much to it. Uh, we don't even have a full story yet. It was just all introduction to those characters. But you know what? I, I may grab an issue or two more to see what kind of missions they send them on through this story and see how it goes. So Suicide Squad Rebirth, if you like Suicide Squad, pick it up. Let's uh, see where the story goes. Did uh, Did you happen to catch any comics this week? No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get near any comic book store. And Hastings didn't have anything I was interested in Uh Oh. With their sale going on, most of the the good stuff has been picked over. Uh, I did look at a couple of trade paperbacks I wanted to get, but they were already gone. So I don't have anything on the comics front this week. Oh, it happens, man. Trust me. And after the comic review, let me review one more thing. I I am just Mister Reviews this week. I I've had a good week, I guess. I've been able to put a lot of time into. Uh, reading some comics and watching some movies. And so this week, I was also able to watch The Killing Joke. Now, DC Animation always seems to kill it. Like, they nail it. They they are great animators. They have good stories. And this time, man, we get to bring back our childhood. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, together again. The Joker and the Batman for me. Is that the way you feel about these two actors? Kevin Conroy is the quintessential Batman. I mean, there's no there's no argument there. I mean, you have other people who have voiced Batman, but I mean he whenever you think about Batman, he's the he's the voice in your head. Even oh, yeah. movies, um any cartoons before or after that, it it's Kevin Conroy. Video games, Kevin Conroy. That's that's the only answer. Now, Absolutely. Mark Hamill, um, Mark Hamill, uh, people are a huge fan of Mark Hamill's uh, as the Joker, and I, yes. I agree with that. I, I mean, I can't think of anybody else who's voiced the Joker. Um, Man, he does such a great job in this one. This is, uh, you, you need to see this one. It Okay, first off, I understand why people are critical of it not being true to form and just being the killing joke. There is an extra 30 minutes before the killing joke. <clears throat> and that's really the way it feels. You get an extra 30 minute cartoon before you watch the actual movie, the killing joke. And I honestly think of them as two separate things. 
it, it's just one of them helps you build in case somebody was watching this and they didn't know Barbara Gordon. They didn't know the relationship between Batman and Batgirl. This sums up that relationship. And for some people, it takes it too far because they have a very personal uh, relationship with each other. I know some people didn't like that. I didn't mind. For me, I was getting an extra 30 minutes of Kevin Conroy being the Batman. I was getting this great DC animation. If I have to be nitpicky, let me say, uh, in the Killing Joke story, there is a musical number that the Joker sings to Professor, Professor, Commissioner Gordon. Yes, Um, I'm familiar with it. Yes, that... I, I could do without that. Well, I mean, that's part of this. That's actually part of the story. It's in the book, so. Right, right. But I'm just saying I, I could do without the musical number. You know, if I have to be nitpicky. I, I didn't mind the 30-minute pr- other cartoon that uh, everyone else seemed to freak out about. But in my opinion, it was a good story and followed up by The Killing Joke, which is amazing. The final... 15 minutes of that is so emotional. It, it's so good. It, if you if you like the Batman and you like the Joker and, and you don't know Alan Moore's take on the Joker's background, you, you need to see this. Um, if you haven't read the graphic novel and you enjoyed the DC animation, you, you need to see it. it. It's definitely worth getting definitely worth buying if you can i I give it i I give it an a plus like it was really good to me well that's great i didn't see any new movies this week or any dvds now i did get the opportunity to finally see terminator genesis now have you saw that movie i have seen terminator genesis well i did want to bring it up because terminator is something from our childhood i mean the first two are part of defining you know, part of our uh, uh, sci-fi movie line. Uh, The third one, not so much. (laughs) The fourth one was okay. I mean, Batman was good in it. It's fine. No, no, no. I like the third one better than Salvation. Really? Oh, hold on now. Now, this is is interesting. Now... I I like the third one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as Salvation. Salvation was horrible. Now the third one, the third one, you just end up missing Sarah Connor the whole time. Uh, the fourth one, I was kind of all right with because it had a lot of action. It was very apocalyptic, kind of uh, Mad Max, where you're in the future the whole time and they're fighting against the machines. And the spoilers, the Arnold part is actually kind of great. I really enjoyed it because the music kicks in. You're like, oh shit! And yeah, and yeah, uh, I really I have better memories of the of the fourth one than the third one. So we'll just maybe, have to maybe, disagree on that yeah. one. But yes, yes. Um, now the new one, of course, uh, has Khaleesi, uh, Emilia Clark, and yes. uh, is it Captain Boomerang? Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Yes. Uh, he was the main character in it. Uh, he, of course, right. played Kyle Reese. And it's a retelling of the first movie. They even pull a lot of stuff from the original Terminator because they go back to that time and tell a time travel story. And it's it's a good story. 
but the acting is not great. Arnold's fine. I mean, Arnold's playing the Terminator once again. It's fine. The Terminator jokes work just like they did in Terminator 2. That's fine. It's just um, a lot of the acting between... There was not a lot of chemistry between Jai Courtney and uh, Sarah Connor, you know, Khaleesi. Uh, yeah. yeah and that, that was... It felt very forced. But I was... I had completely forgotten that there's Doctor Who business up in the middle of this. And, uh, of course, now, that was probably your favorite part of the movie, Mr. Matt Smith himself. Yes. I As soon as... See, I didn't even realize that Matt Smith was going to be in it. And then all of a sudden he pops on screen and I was like, Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith. This was awesome. Yeah, I Love remember after after he left Doctor Who, there was an interview I saw where he was he was talking about going to film Terminator Genesis. I was like, I wonder who he's playing in that. And then I never thought anything about it. And whenever I seen him, I was like, Oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I awesome. see now. Yeah, and that part I actually did like. Uh, I don't like the way they mucked with the the time. And there's a, there's quite a few things that don't hold up continuity errors and stuff like that oh, and yeah. for watching it for free it was enjoyable but i would have been pissed off buying a movie ticket to that yeah definitely something i'm glad i didn't see in the theaters for sure um now um, you mentioned a couple of reviews and I, I i do have some things i picked up now this may not be for everybody but like i've said i'm a transformers fan and hobby lobby doesn't often come up when we talk about sci-fi and comics, but right. let's... I did want to bring this up because I specifically went to Hobby Lobby because of this. Um, they have started carrying more pop culture items. They have a lot of stuff to uh, embellish a room with uh, uh, comics, uh, Superman, Batman, Marvel Comics, a bunch of that kind of stuff. Well, they've also started carrying... Uh, ten signs that are the original Transformers box art. Now, this is something I love, of course. Uh, and right. they currently have available a... These are probably 14 inches to 12 inches tall. Uh, they have the original artwork for uh, Megatron, for Power Master Optimus Prime, or Jinrai, if you're a Japanese fan. And uh, Soundwave. They also have a Bumblebee, but it's a modern... Uh, the artist is actually Guido. Can't I, I, I butcher his last name, but I did not pick that one up because I, I just stuck with the original G1 box art, and I love these things. They look great. Uh, they're super high quality, and you know I don't know where I'm going to put them, but I love looking at them. So those are. Cool. Uh, I got my Megatron for half price. Of course, Hobby Lobby has sales all the time. I did pay the full twenty dollars for the other two. But they're they're completely worth it. I'd have paid that for the Megatron too, and also I picked up a couple of the new, uh, the newest line which I've already mentioned of Transformers is Titans Return. Now uh, I do not plan on picking up anything more from this line, but they did have a Galvatron, and uh, he's a Voyager class figure, which is the the bigger ones, and a couple of other Headmasters. Crash Bash and Terrible, which Crash Bash is actually, uh, they couldn't get the original name of the character, but it's 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 uh, it's another character, and of course the gimmick is you can swap the heads out through different characters, and they come with little uh, uh, vehicles that transform, and but the Galvatron is a full figure and looks great. I mean, 
looks like the comic in the movie Galvatron. A really nice figure, really poseable. Uh, big gun. It's pretty awesome, man. And I, like I said before, I do recommend if you have any love for Transformers around 1987, the Headmaster, Target Master kind of era. Uh, those are out in stores now. Look around, see if you may want to pick one up for your child. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I will be posting pictures of these to Facebook and and Twitter, so you can view those there. That's awesome. And we come to that part in so many of our episodes when I ask you, have you seen it? I want to know, have you seen 1987's Batteries Not Included? In the theater. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in the theater as as well. It is pretty awesome movie from the mid-80s, you can say, that it's about an apartment building with a bunch of elderly people that live there and... It's the normal story of their being their buildings being bought out and they have a short amount of time to raise a certain amount of money so that they can buy up something and save their building. Now, I know this is a story that's be redone a lot through many different movies, but I enjoy this one because they all run a diner downstairs and this time they get help from some robots. I believe they are probably alien of some sort is the way it feels. They're not like, I don't remember. Does Do they have a mothership? I forget. I totally forgot about that. Um, either way, you get to see a bunch of little flying saucers. You get to meet them. They each have different personalities. It's just a fun movie. Uh, Jessica Tandy's in it. Hume Cronin? Cronin? Cronin. Cronin? And uh, oh, what's that? Frank McRae, I believe that's a, the other gentleman. Uh, he plays a gentleman that can't speak, I believe. I just recommend it. I enjoyed it. What, what was your take on Batteries Not Included since you've seen it? Oh, it was a fun movie whenever I saw it as a child. I mean, it's it's a lot of... Oh, it was... Typical 80s. Typical 80s. It was a lot of... Uh, 80s special effects i mean you know it was it was stop motion cut into live action as a child i loved it i don't know if i could watch it again as an adult i do have nostalgia for that movie especially you know at the end with the the older uh uh gentleman putting the tiles back on the floor and you know that the the little ship comes to help him and um, it, it was it was not. I don't know that I could watch it again though. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. I'll let you know if it holds up. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna see if it holds up. I believe it will. I, my faith is that this movie will hold up. I liked it. What do you got for us? Well, I didn't have anything because I had I forgot what it was until suddenly I remembered. Now this is oh. a movie. I don't know how I end up watching it. I know it was on TV. I did not see it in the theater. But the sci-fi horror geek in me loves this movie. And this movie is called Saturn 3. I have not seen it. Saturn 3 was a movie starring Farrah Fawcett, Kirk Douglas, and Harvey Keitel. And it cast. It took place in space on a space station, I believe. Uh, let's see. It, oh no, I'm sorry. On in in a remote base in asteroid fields of Saturn. 
and it involved a like an eight foot robot that goes crazy on a on a killing spree, and they've got to stop him. Of course, now it's it's run of the mill sci fi horror, but man, it left an impression as a child. That robot looked badass, and uh, I'd really love to revisit this movie. It, it's just hard to find. Um, I don't know why I'd Saturn recommend that. Three, huh? Saturn three, yeah, you can. It's on. You can look it up on the Internet Movie Database, uh, and the, okay, the cover okay. photo. The cover photo should tell you enough about the robot that that it's kind of freaky. Dude, I, I'm I'll look this up. I like that cast. It seems like a good cast, and uh, I'm all for watching new and different sci-fi films that I haven't seen before. So I'll definitely be checking that one out. Moving on to right around the end of the podcast, uh, but I did want to talk about one more thing. Now we are a okay. week out from the grand opening of the Melba Theater here in Batesville. Now, they are ready to go. They have uh, two movies slated for Friday night. The 12th, I believe, is what it is. It's going to be The Wizard of Oz is the big premiere movie, and then they have a, owl, a late-night show of Temple of Doom, Ra- I believe. Is it Raiders? No, or Raiders Temple of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, of the Lost Ark. Ark. Yes. Now, of course, the premiere, the first movie is $50, and that, that has a bunch of extra features you know, for the for being at the premiere, prize. yeah. The Mel uh, the Melba is showing The Wizard of Oz at 7 p.m. The ticket includes a commemorative gift and photo, hors d'oeuvres to be served, entertainment, and unlimited popcorn and drinks. Tickets to the Indiana Jones uh, showing of Raiders of the Lost Ark is at 10:30, and it's 25 dollars. Include a commemorative gift and unlimited popcorn and drinks. Now, after this, all movies are going to be four dollars uh, for all the showings after that this yeah. is just that's premier an incredible prices. price that's yes. an incredible price and this yes. is uh, after talking with Adam uh, uh, one of the owners of the theater uh, he said that was his driving thing behind it he wanted to have a place in town just like it was operating now whenever they bought this it was still an operating theater uh, who did show movies they had a cheap price and they gave cheap food, and it was for families to come in and watch a movie. He wanted to maintain that. Uh, he got uh, some uh, buyers to go in. He's restored the theater. He's got donations and grants, and it's it looks amazing. Now, we're going to feature uh, some photos and share stuff from the Melba uh, at every opportunity we can, if you will follow us on Facebook. It looks really great, and we're really excited in the local area. Uh, we are planning on doing sponsoring some shows uh, down the road once we get some uh, details about how to do all that. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. I don't know if I will be able to make it next Friday. I would like to. Uh, it's just all going to be up in the air as to how my schedule's going right now. Um, I know. Do you plan on you're you're going to attend, aren't you? Yes, I do. I plan on attending the uh, Owl Show uh, with me and my that son. That is going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see that theater. Um, you know, being I've been in there uh, when I was much much younger and haven't been there in many years, and I look forward to seeing the renovations and all the changes that I've made. And I cannot wait to just go to a movie. For $4. What an awesome price in this day and age to be able to go see a movie for $4. That is awesome. Right. And they have some much more exciting things coming in the future that they can't talk about just yet. But uh, just keep looking to Facebook, and uh, they're they're going to have that information out as soon as possible. Um, and that's, that's all I wanted to bring up. And, and so that about wraps it up for 
this portion of the show. After this, we will have a discussion more openly. Rick doesn't mind if I use some spoilers and go a little more in depth with my thoughts and feelings on Suicide Squad. If you don't mind hearing spoilers or you've already seen it, please stay tuned. We're going to jump right into that after uh, we give our stuff. It says, you know, you can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. Uh, you can find both of us. We both share the Twitter account at Not So Southern G's. Just look up Not So Southern Gentlemen. You're more than likely going to bring it up. Rick, what do you got? You can find me on Twitter at 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 at, at symbol Ricky Westbrook. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, just search Not So Southern Gentlemen on Facebook. That's right. Look it up on that Facebook. Uh, we need more Facebook likes. I know there's more Facebook users out there that listen to this than have given that thing a like. So if you listen to this, it would mean a lot to us if you'd go on Facebook and give it a like. And that way we'll know that you're enjoying the content we're putting out on there. And plus it allows you to interact with us if you would like us to put something else on there. So give it a like and so that we know your thoughts on this. Right, and I want to challenge the listeners. Please send us some questions. Take us to task on something on Facebook, on Twitter. Respond to us. We want to talk to you. We want to know what, what you want to hear in our episodes. Uh, ask us questions, uh, especially on Facebook. We want to get that information out there. We want you to know us so we feel like family. So That's just right. anything you want to ask, send our way, and we'll be happy to respond to you. That's right. Sounds great. And with that being said, for not-so-Southern gentlemen, I'm Sean. And I think I'm still Ricky. I hope you're still Ricky, because now we're about to talk about Suicide Squad. Let's do it. Okay. Now, now you really don't mind me just blowing the doors off here, right? I'm just going to take the headphones out. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. That that's it's real nice when I'm going. So what do you think about that? Hello? Hello? Okay, so Suicide Squad. I, I, I wrote down quite a few notes. When I say there's unneeded scenes in there and this is the worst editing ever, it it really is. It's so choppy, just flashback to flashback. You get to see some random scene where um the Joker and Harley just randomly are at the Acme chemical plant and she jumps in the vat of chemicals with him and they just start rolling around, kissing, like changing their skin color and all that crap. Like, I have no idea what that scene meant. Do you? Does it feel like this is the same person that cut all the... Uh, Batman dream sequences into Batman versus Superman. You, you know, I think it was their less trained, th their underling, <laughs> the the person under them that they halfway trained, then did the editing on this movie. It it's so bad. Harley Quinn and Deadshot are the only two members of the Suicide Squad that you get to know anything about. Slipknot, uh, Adam Beach. Thank you, sir, for your 10 seconds of on-screen time. They literally go, this is Slipknot. And you see Slipknot. There's one more scene with him, and then he gets his head blown off. 
Like, I am not lying. Less than a minute of screen time, honestly. It is ridiculous. I, I don't even know why they put him in the film. Well, um, the, uh, let me let me guess. They they test one of the shot callers. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what they do. How did I know that? Because that's how this movie is. The the bad guy, which is Enchantress, um, which is Dr. June Moon, is an archaeologist that discovers um, an old statue and cracks it open and releases the spirit of the Enchantress. And she is an awesome character. Like, I, I'm not that familiar with the Enchantress. So during her introduction... And the showing off of her powers, which is what all these characters get. They all get a little intro. It, it, it's the same as, you know, I cannot think of a movie that does it. But when, you know, somebody's slapping folders down on a desk and they're like, well, this is Deadshot. And bam, you flash to Deadshot and you see a story with Deadshot. And then they slam down another folder. This is Harley Quinn. And bam, you learn another story about Harley Quinn and who she is. And, and that's Viola Davis doing all this on a desk. And that's how you get introduced to the Suicide Squad. It seriously takes about 20 minutes. And what the most ridiculous part about all of it is, is they each have a song that goes along with them. And they are the most forced musical songs ever. It's seriously like somebody went back and said, hey, what were all the number one hits over the past 15 years? And somebody printed that out, and they were like, sweet. Okay, so Suicide Squad meets together, gets uh, Eminem. Um, you know, there's a Creedence Clearwater Revival song. I believe there's an Aerosmith song. There's just, if you were a top 40 band in the past 15 years, you more than likely got your song featured in this movie. And the thing is, is none of it fit. Like, it's not like Forrest Gump that has one of those soundtracks where everything just blends together and is smooth and you're like, this fits. There's so much of it that's forced. There is no story whatsoever. The best parts of this movie, for me, were the Joker and Batman. Once again, uh, Batman, awesome Batman. Him and Deadpool... Or Deadpool. Oh my God, Deadshot. Excuse me, Deadshot. Have a very good scene together. Oh, I love that. Wilson. I love that shot of uh, Deadpool in the, in the movie. It's great. Hush. So what? Okay, they have a real good scene together. It and this Joker, played by Jared Leto. Uh, honestly, when I seen it, when you seen this trailer, you did you believe at some point we were getting? quite a bit of joker in this trailer oh yeah i i believe you've seen most of the footage of the joker <laughs> I, i'm i'm not even lying i don't know why this joker was an awesome joker jared leto did an amazing job as this joker i fully believe this is the joker that killed jason todd he is a straight up psychopath spoilers <laughs> this is the spoiler section oh yes sorry God bless. But you spoiled another movie. It's fine. Oh. Sure, most of these people understand that. Because in Batman v Superman, they seen the suit that said, uh, what it was it say? No, no fun? Is that what Robin's suit says? The joke's on you. Ha ha ha. Joke's on you. Ha ha ha. There you go. 
Okay, so this Joker is straight up psychopath. There's no doubt about that. The the problem is that he his screen time is cut so short. He he's in all the scenes he's in, he is great. And I, I want more Joker. Um my wife and I had said this shouldn't be a Suicide Squad movie. We should get a Joker and Harley movie. I would straight up watch that. All the scenes with Joker and Harley are incredible. They they had all these incredible scenes and and you you want to like there there are scenes that you're like that's awesome. And that's what made me like the movie is because there's a bunch of scenes that I said these are great scenes. These are incredible scenes. But there's not a story with them. Mm. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. I I want DC to do well. I, I want them to do very good. But you have to make this choice of what kind of movie you're doing. Like, you, the Enchantress wasn't even scary. She she at no point in time. Does the Suicide Squad feel rushed? There's no point in time where they're rushing to get somewhere. Even at the end of the movie, they're still just walking there. They're, they're right there at the bad guy. They're fighting the Enchantress. And and just a, it, it, it's just ridiculous. Um, Katana gets maybe one good scene out of the entire movie. She She has one scene where... She is crying, holding the sword, speaking to her husband, uh, speaking to his soul that's trapped in the sword. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, you get to see your boy, uh, the Flash. The yeah, Flash I, heard, is the, I heard that. Yeah, the Flash is the one who captures uh, Jai Courtney, uh, Captain Boomerang, or Boomerang, whichever you prefer. He's the one that captures him. And, and here's the question I have. Um, this is... According to the DC Universe, I believe, this battle takes place in Midway City, which I believe Midway City is Chicago, correct? You know, oh, Doug, it, you're it, asking the wrong dude. It, I, I think so, because Midway City. Um, that's what I always thought. Uh, unless, you know, it, it, it's so up in the air as to what each city represents like i always picture metropolis is new york i always picture gotham as pittsburgh and star city is maybe detroit with midway city being chicago but that's just me that could be totally wrong i hope somebody can correct me if i am wrong on that but well now batman versus superman they were just across the river yeah yeah i know okay i don't know who knows (laughs) The, the the problem is, you know, that I have is here's this major city that I'm sure is on the news getting torn apart by this giant portal that uh, the Enchantress has created. For some weird reason, it turns everybody in the vicinity of it into like some kind of rock monster that is trying to attack people. I don't know. It, the monsters in it are really weird looking and the ways to kill them really never was sorted out. I guess bullets kill them. Uh, why, why is Batman, Wonder Woman and Flash who we know are in this universe? Why aren't they on this? 
You you. I heard another reviewer, and he's I taking care of Marfa. Marfa. Yeah, yeah. He must be sitting there with his hand on her tomb, wondering, "Hey, Marfa, what's up?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Batman's doing, but he's not saving people. And it's like another reviewer had said, like I was trying, uh, like I was gonna say, the Suicide Squad. I I can uh, stated. I'm not that familiar with their comic series. But I will say that I know they are more of an elite military group that gets sent out on covert missions in other countries where the U.S. does not necessarily want to play nice. And if they do get caught, they just throw them under the bus. This story should not have taken place in America. Because America is more, you know... This it's the Justice League's territory. Is this and I, I just didn't understand that part. I, there's so many parts that I just I hope gets fixed in the DVD. <laughs> I, I guess this is going to be the new DC thing. Is we're going to we'll we're address gonna, we'll address that in the DVD version. Yeah, we'll address that in the DVD, and you know it's all Warner Brothers' fault, and you know. There's only so many times you can use that excuse. Eventually, if I was a director or I was a writer, I would come in with Warner Brothers and be like, look, here's movie X, you know, Man of Steel. You said, oh, well, this wasn't done exactly right because of the studio. Oh, here's Batman v Superman. Well, this wasn't done necessarily the way we wanted it because of the studio. When are we going to get a director or a writer that says, look, if you want me to work for you, this is the way it is. And if you don't do it this way, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, th- why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, the money. It's all about the money, money, money. It's all about the money. And, and that's really all I have to say, you know. I mean... I, it had a lot of great scenes. I, I walked out. I can say I'll I'll re I will rewatch it when it comes out on Blu-ray, and hopefully that Blu-ray edition will be something pretty awesome. Because this somewhere in this mix, there's a really good movie. Uh, I just don't know where to look for it yet, but I had fun with it. Uh, my wife and I both enjoyed it. And, you know, we were both pretty critical of it. You've heard my take on it. Uh, I hope you get to see it soon because I want to hear your take on it. I want to see if you feel the way I felt about it. And if you're listening to this now, tweet me. Hit me up on Facebook. Let me know what you thought of it because I know there's a ton of different opinions out there. I know there's a bunch of DC fanboys that have been starting a – I think a petition to get Rotten Tomatoes taken down or something because of its low rating. Look, Rotten Tomatoes is a collection of a bunch of different reviewers. They don't control the the rating of the review that comes into their website. Yeah, that's that's not how the internet works. I mean, that's not what we do that's here. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You know, uh, I... You know, I, I think Rotten Tomatoes is okay, good for judging a movie, movie, but I'm not gonna take their word for it. 
Yeah, I mean, the public are going to make the decision. Uh, they looks like they have first weekend looks successful. We'll see how word of mouth affects the second weekend. Probably, uh, if it, if it doesn't drop by more than thirty percent, it's going to be a success. It will uh, probably it will probably drop by fifty percent, which. I hope it's a success. No, I hope it's number one movie again next week. People need to go see this so that they will go see it and DC can make their money, but people need to be very vocal about the way they feel about this so that somebody will listen. Be like, look, you've made your money. Now give us a movie that we want. We're going, we, we've proved to you. We've paid you for a movie that we didn't necessarily like. Give us a movie we like. Yeah, but that's not how that's not how that works. If they if it's successful, they don't care. Oh well, it's fine. They don't care. Don't people know. don't care. It's it's the Twilight syndrome. I mean, they'll make more just because people go and see them, and they don't have to make it any better. I I don't have anything more for this week. Um, I am reviewed out, my friend. Yeah, and I tr- I tried to get out to see Suicide Squad or uh, Star Trek. Did not happen. I do want to review that because I've. I've heard great things about it. Uh, I've oh, heard yeah. I've heard the Star Trek fan in in everybody will will rejoice at that movie. Some people really didn't like it. Um, the main thing I've heard is if you really like the first two, you won't like this one. If you didn't like the first two, you will really like this one. So hmm. I, I don't know where I land on that. I, 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 I like know. I liked them. I mean I did, I don't bow down and and praise anybody for them, but I mean they were good. I rewatch them. Yeah, same here. So I'm willing to give this next one. Uh, Hopefully one of us will be able to make it Star Trek Beyond and be able to give a solid review on that as well. Absolutely. Well, Rick, one more time, for Not-So-Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky. Y'all have a good week.